Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Building Better Brands with me, Amy Angel. It's been a minute because I've been busy teaching Maymester. Have y'all ever heard of what? Have you ever heard of that term, Maymester? Well, it's a doozy. It's an accelerated class that meets every day and sometimes twice a day over the month of May. But we're wrapping that up next week, so that's good. I've also been actively coaching some super cool Latino small businesses, and those projects are coming to an end too. And Amy Angel Marketing just started working with a super cool dance and yoga business in the Bronx. So we're taking Amy Angel Marketing uh, all the way from Detroit to the Bronx and New York. So can't wait for that. And we're going to be working on a super cool customized promotional campaign. And so I'll be sure to be bringing that guest on here in the future. Needless to say, it's never, never a dull moment in my life. So what's in store for today? I'm so excited. We have Tina Castleberry, the founder and owner of The Garden Bug in Detroit. For those of you who don't know, the whole reason for this podcast, Building Better Brands, is to spread awareness of some of the great small businesses that are in our own backyards. My students and I work with them in my classes at the Ross Business School, and I even uh, have my own coaching and consulting agency that assists them as well. So you could say that helping them is definitely a passion of mine. Tina's story is super cool, one that you're going to want to hear. So grab your cup of joe and enjoy the combo. Thank you. Yeah. So here in Plymouth, it's a little dreary and damp. Uh, what's it looking like over by you? Detroit is about the same, but when you have thousands of dollars worth of flowers, we need the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you could see my front yard, you would uh, be glad it's raining here too. So yeah. a little crispy, yeah. I take it. Yeah. Now I'm hoping my son gets out of bed soon and uh, helps me in my yard. And uh, so I've been looking so forward to chatting. Um, there had been a little rumor buzzing around uh, from Justin at DNF that your business has been booming. And I've been so excited to hear all about the, um, the uh, uh, buzz at the Garden Bug. So this is going to be really fun for you to share what you've been doing, all your tips and tricks and uh, that so many of our small businesses in Detroit can really benefit and learn from you. So thanks so much for being with us this morning. No problem. So maybe we could kick it off with you just telling everyone a little bit about you, your story, your business, how you, you know, got started. Fill us in a little bit. You know, it's a very interesting journey. Um, I was born and raised in Highland Park, Michigan. Uh, my mom used to garden a lot. Uh, in the backyard, fruits, veggies, um, squash, tomatoes, all kinds of goodies. So that's how I got my start. After that, it started with the flowers. So she started really saying, hey, I like geranium. Let's kind of landscape a little bit. So we were able to dabble a little bit in that. So it was all trial and error. So I've been exposed to so many plants for so long 
I've got a lot of product knowledge on what works in full sun, part shade, that kind of thing. Shortly after leaving um, home, I went to the University of Detroit. I graduated from there and entered corporate America. Uh, the corporate America journey was with the Detroit Wayne County Port Authority. I worked for Smart Transportation and I enjoyed it. I had a marketing degree out of the University of Detroit, but what I found is there was always a void. I didn't really feel like I was living my purpose and my passion. Mm. And with that being said, I stayed home with the kids for about 19 years. And during that time, I landscaped. All the neighbors asked me, can you landscape for me? Can you help me out? So I started a journey with working part-time, putting in flowers and maintenance, what we used to call water, weed, and feed. So we would come by, weed out, do all the install, and maintain your yard for the entire summer. So you, you could pull up literally in your driveway and go, wow, it's done. And at that point, I want to say we had maybe 32 clients. And 90% of them were in the city. Um, so it was an interesting journey going from corporate America to this and then staying home with kids. Uh -huh. uh, but it gave me a lot of extra money um, for the movies, for school uniforms, for you know, things I wanted to do for myself. During that time I was married, um, he worked at Ford and things were okay. And I knew then as the kids got older, I needed to reinvent Tina. I had not been in corporate America because I was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So I needed to reinvent myself. And I think this was it. I mean, at, at 48, well, at the time, I think I was 45 years old. I've been in business now for seven years. This was phase two of my life. So it worked out really, really nice because I was able to landscape, work up here at the building and work on homework and be a mom in the evening time. So that's how I got my start. Um, the beauty of the business is it's very flexible. Mm -hmm. And in that saying that um, you're able to make your own hours open and close when it's convenient for you. So I'm only open four months out of the year. Okay, I wondered how many months, okay. Why? So we're looking in May, June for the gardening season. We do October for pumpkin patch, the mum's straw, corn straw. And then December, we do the Christmas trees, the door wreath and the roping. Okay. And I absolutely love it because it gives me quite a bit of free time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. I want a four-month job. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And after, you know, people say, are you making any money? I'm not getting rich. But when the virus hit, I started getting rich because everybody wanted something for the yard, um, whether it be patio sets, whether it be yard decor, cement, whether it be flowers. People wanted to garden like I had never seen before. Well, sure, because we, I mean, we're spending, we're, we've been huddled up at home, wow. right? Wow. I mean, we are confined to our homes, and so we're spending more money beautifying it, and yes. our gardens are part of our homes. Yes. So, so tell us some of the things that we can buy. Well, tell us where you're located. We're located at 18901 Grand River. Okay. 
We're six blocks west of the Southfield Freeway. Okay. All right. So and what, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, we're on, actually right next door to the Marathon Station. So a lot okay. of people know where the Marathon Station is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're next door to the Marathon Station. Okay. And what kinds of things can we find? So Memorial Weekend is coming up, right? Memorial Day weekend. And it's a big weekend for us. We have a little extra time off work and we're going to be out in the yard sprucing things up. What kinds of things can we come in and find? We have probably 70% of what you can purchase for your yard. We have the dirt, mulch, compost. We have the potting mix, the garden soil. We have patio cement, angels, cement baskets, all sorts of heavier yard decor. Uh We have a few patio sets left um, and piled and piled of gorgeous hanging baskets and porch pots and annual flats. Perennials, we have probably 60 different varieties. Oh, wow. We have the scoops to put it in, the rakes to clean it up, the leaf bag. So we have about 70% of what you need for your yard. What we don't sell is yard maintenance, i.e. weed and feed. Mm-hmm. We don't do a mahorganite. We don't do anything like that. Okay. So if it's for your yard, deck, or garden, we have it. But not to maintain your grass. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you on the premises yourself? Every day. So seven. So if I came over there and I'm like, Tina, I got a problem. I mean, I don't know what to do because I don't really have much of a green thumb, Tina. This is my problem. Indoor, outdoor. (laughs) So can I get some good advice from you? Oh, yeah. No customer ever leaves our store without knowing what they bought, how to maintain it, how to water it, and if it works for their yard. So I don't encourage people. Yes. See, what a lot of consumers do is they come in and they buy by sight. Oh, this is pretty. Oh, that's orange or that's red or that'll uh-huh. be great. But you really have to know, is it full sun? Is it part shade? Does it need two hours? Is it going to burn up if it's sitting on my front porch? Uh-huh. So I try to do a little before they walk out the gate. Do you know how to deadhead? Do you know how to water? Well, what does overwatering mean to you? Right. Right. So people are buying plants that work for them. Yeah, no, how to deadhead is really hard. Yes, it is. And where to clip, you know, yeah. I, how to find the little new budding flower is really hard. It takes, uh, and I usually do a little brief demo of how to pop them in the ground or how to deadhead, whether they're roses or whether they're uh, geraniums. Uh-huh. I show people before they leave. Well, I can't wait for that demo for me. Oh, you sound like a newbie. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's kind of crazy. I shouldn't be a newbie at my age. I should know these things. It's like cooking. I, I know how to cook now. I shouldn't be. A, it's just something that I haven't taken um, a lot of time to learn. I've learned a lot from just trial and error. I've, wow. I've wasted a lot of money on uh, my garden. A lot of plants have died. And so I've learned, so I'm not, I guess I wouldn't say I'm a newbie, but there's so much I don't know. And there's so many plants that I would love to try, but I'm afraid because I can't afford to waste a lot of money. Yes. So, 
Yeah. Uh, and I've got this awful creeping Charlie, or I don't even know what it's called. That's just taken over my backyard and this one section. And it's, yeah. So I should pull it out and bring it and just say, what do I do with this Tina? <laughs> well, you know what? And this is why I don't normally order ground cover. Uh-huh. Whether it's, you know, some creeping clover or Jacob ladder, whatever it is, it can be very prolific. Uh-huh. So if it's not contained or pulled back every two, three years, oh, it, it can be a mass, it mass chaos in the yard. It can choke out your, the best of the best. Oh, yeah. It's choking out my clematis. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's wrapped around my peonies right now. I mean, it's just, well, anyway. So, uh, so yeah, I uh, could stand to learn a lot. Uh, so let's tell our audience, our listeners, we met back in, I think I was looking it up, trying to remember, because Lord knows I can't just pull it from, from the top <laughs> of my head. So I was pulling, I was in my computer this morning going, when did we meet? So I think it was fall of 2019. Yeah. We did a marketing project. Yeah. And, uh, and do you remember, so so tell tell the audience what that experience was like. Why did you initially, why did you approach us for some marketing help? What happened, I was here one day and I think Justin walked in. Yeah. Looking very nondescript. <laughs> You're a U of M student and why are you in the garden center? Well, we got the program. <laughs> we think somebody told me you might need the help. Mm-hmm. That good analogy, Justin. Um, so Justin said, Hey, I'm gonna put you in contact with my professor and we usually bring in small businesses and see how we can help. So it kind of piqued my interest. So Justin asked me, what do you think you need help with? And, you know, a lot of people may say, I want to make more money or, you know, I, I like, you know, inventory managed better. Yeah. And when I told Justin, I really want 25 to 35 year olds to shop here. Because what I find is after 50 and 60 and up, they come in every day. But you don't see the younger people coming in every day. So with that being said, Justin thought that was an odd question. But those are the dynamics that you have to look at when you're trying to move into the next phase of your business. You cannot just cater to one group of people, 60, 70, because they already know what they're doing. Uh You need to engage the younger people. So that's where you guys came in. And I said, okay, I'd like to know, how do you 15, 20, 18, 25-year-olds think? Uh I don't think the way you think. I'll be 53 this year. Yeah, we're about the same age. Right, right. I'm thinking... (laughs) Okay, Justin, if you could help me think like a 20-year-old would be great. Uh, that's how it all came about. So, all right, well, what did you, uh, what did the research that, that your student team gathered say about that? Did you reach a younger audience? We reached a younger audience, but you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, from 2019 to 2020, we had a virus. With the virus, they came in. 18, 19, 20 years old, and I was shocked. Now, was it because of the research? Am I doing more? Or was it because of the virus? There was so much pent-up demand. Right. I was able to captivate that audience because there was pent-up demand. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I learned from U of M touched on 
Are you reaching them via social media? Are you reaching them via ads? Are you reaching them via conferences that you go to? Are you ordering inventory that caters to them? Are you, are you bringing in classes that cater to them? And those are, I said, well, I can't bring in classes because we can't meet inside with the virus. Mm-hmm. But I can meet with you outside and walk you through what you need to be doing in order to plant a successful vegetable garden. The numbers were incredible last year. I won well over $100,000. I never in my wildest dreams thought we would do that. That is absolutely I, fabulous. But you can work four months out of the year and bring in well over $100,000 doing something that you love to do. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I think with the partnership, the mindset, and the virus all work hand in hand to bring in incredible numbers. Yeah, and didn't you say uh, your sales were up? Was it sales or was it profits up 400%? At least, at least. Yeah. At least. Mother's Day weekend, the line was wrapped around the building. (laughs) I'm thinking when I open the gate, Something went right. So that's why I said and sometimes it's your mindset and meeting with Justin and you and the team. It kind of gave me an insight of maybe I need to change my mindset. Maybe the building looks like it caters to 60-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So I switched up inventory. I brought the new stuff up front. I started ordering things that weren't quite as expensive for the 25 to 35-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So the the you were I was able to tweak that business. So I was able to captivate that audience. So you mentioned social. Are you active on social media? Not at all, but I do have, uh, we do next door. Okay. We are um, Grandma Rosedale Development. They do a lot of social media and Facebook for us. Okay. We do e-blasts in the neighborhood every Sunday. You can send out an e-blast letting people know what's on sale or programs you may be offering or there's classes available all of those kinds of things are done through the neighborhood. I don't do a whole lot of social media. Okay. Well, there's some opportunity in the future for that, but at least you're active in the community yes. uh, for some of those. So yes. you mentioned classes. Are you planning on being, as we are coming out of the pandemic, are you planning on being involved? Are you offering your own classes then? I would like to. I would like to do a schedule where people could come up even twice a year. Mm-hmm. And at least get a Q&A or a hands-on how to plant, what to plant, what to buy, what not to buy, and what works. That would be the goal of the class. Not to sell you anything, yeah. but just to educate you on what you need to be doing wherever you go buy it. <laughs> like, so, you, again, you're not wasting money. Oh, yeah. 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 I love that. So, uh, yeah, that's that would uh, be super helpful. And... Uh, and then you might even be able to, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see for all industries and businesses, I would imagine we will be doing a little bit of hybrid. So we'll, we'll do a little bit online and some in person. So it might give you opportunity to do some stuff online, some classes to stay connected during maybe those winter months when you're closed down. Correct. Who, who knows? Just to keep engaging with your community. Uh, so, so well, unlike the many of our small businesses, it sounds like you 
there was a silver lining with the pandemic for your business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Even my CBA went, Tina, what were you selling? Yeah. Right. The weekend was like, I think we did $17,000 in two days. Yeah, that, that's oh, the amounts of money. I'm like, I've never said that's. You have to see how small we are to scratch your head and go, how does she do numbers like that? <laughs> this building is smaller than the average house in a tiny little lot that you could do numbers like that. Yeah. yeah so it, it was really, really, really inspiring. So what would you say, Tina, as a business owner, a woman who's, who's a mother, how many children do you have? Two. Two. So a mother, a former corporate woman, uh, a business owner who, you know, who started, uh, you know, probably struggled in the beginning as a business owner. And now, you know, seeing a four month business uh, thrive beyond your imagination what would, how, what would you suggest to other small businesses who are really struggling who, through the pandemic and uh, entrepreneurial-minded folks who really want to start something? And what would your tips be to them? I get, well, first and foremost, I am the first Black female-owned and operated garden center in the city of Detroit. Awesome. So long, people go... How did she do that? Uh-huh. Well, this is what I tell people to come in here often and ask me that same question. Oh, you inspire me. Oh, I want to be like you one day. I'm going to bring my grandkids up so they can meet you. One thing I always tell them, it sounds wonderful. She works four months out of the year and she can pay her bills and live and travel and buy things on a four month out of the year. You couldn't be further from the truth. It sounds like four months, but you have got to be diligent about saving money. There's no magic bullet. Oh, yeah, well, I went to the bank. I opened this business on 401k money. Yeah. So with that being said, there's no magic. Oh, you know, there's no big windfall. I didn't get a life insurance policy from somewhere uh, where I had all of this money um, on reserve. Uh So if you're not going to the bank, you're not borrowing from friends and family. And you don't, you're not independently wealthy, you need to save your money. So I don't think as a business owner, you can go into business without having some of your own money because loans would at this point during the pandemic would have been part of my demise because I can't go to the bank and give you 17, 18 or $3,000 a month for this building and still increase foot traffic and things like that. Mm -hmm. So in this economy, you really need to have your own money saved so you don't lose your shirt um, when the economy turns. Right. Yeah. You really need to save some money. Now, the building that I'm in, I was able to purchase seven years ago in foreclosure. Oh, yeah. You purchased. I didn't realize that you purchased your building. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You own this building. This building is twenty four hundred square feet. Okay. So, so, so do you rent it out um, the other months of the year that you're not running the garden bug? I have it, I had it on the market a year, 2019 before the pandemic. Okay. I had it on the market, not for sale, but for lease. Uh-huh. But everyone who came in wanted it to be a restaurant. 
Got it. Now I'm okay with it being a restaurant. If you want to build out the kitchen and, you know, do what you need to do as far as hood vents and all that. But it, the business has to work because I'm still a garden center outside. Right. But it's fully renovated in here with new drywall, flooring, lighting, and everything. And we're in Rosedale Park. But what I don't want to do is bring a business in. Like one gentleman looked at it who wanted to pit bullfight and train oh. dogs. That might not work. I have a lot of kids that come here. Yeah. So I don't know if I want dogs coming in and out of my building every day. And I'm trying to entertain my customers outside with gardening. And they're wondering what this dog is doing here. Right. Right. So, yes, I do own the building. The beauty of owning the building, we paid 31000 seven years ago. And oh. now it's up to about 375000 <laughs> What a great investment. Yeah, so huge investment. The neighborhood is blown up. Um, we're putting it back on the market for at least now that the virus has sort of subsided a bit. Um, so we're hoping we can collect rent from the inside. Yeah. That's all added income. So I think my advice to an entrepreneur, save your money and own it. If you own it, no one can ever take it. No one can ever come in and go, well, you're behind on your bills or it's a virus and you're not making any money. If nobody was in the building, I own this. I don't, I don't have monthly payments on this. I just paid 31000 for the building. Beautiful so there's no, yeah. And all of those, I think, have to work together in order to be successful and mm -hmm. stay in business. So I don't have to worry about someone going up on the rent. Well, you're a, you're a testimony to other black women, other uh, young black women who have the same dream. And because we, in, in my line of work, I mean, the projects that I, I mean, for whatever reason, well, I grew up in Kentucky in a small town that's half black, half white. So I, I'm always comfortable having these conversations and asking questions. I hope they're always the right questions. I never know. But but I do know that we still in 2021 have a problem with uh, unequal access for our um, uh, minority owned businesses to funding, business, fun, you know, funding for their businesses, our female owned businesses, our black owned businesses, our minority owned businesses. You know, we still have unequal access to health care. We still have unequal access to, you know, quality food and, you know, so on and so forth. Right. So your testimony and what you're saying is, is really important for our young people. And, um, and then our communities, um, our marginalized communities and uh, groups, marginalized groups. And so it's, uh, and we don't hear these successful stories often enough. We hear the opposite. And so, so I'm so glad that, that yours has been, and it doesn't come without a lot of hard work and a lot of perseverance. So it's not easy. Yes. And you know, touching on what you just said, um, I have a lot of health issues. I was born with sickle cell anemia. I am almost legally blind. Oh, Tina, I had no idea. Yeah, that's why I don't do any computer access, yeah. And, and I don't think Justin knew that either. And on top of all that, the congestive heart failure. So when people come here and they look and they look around, when you say hard work, it is extremely hard work 
to try to do it all yourself when you have a few hiccups or speed bumps in your path. Mm-hmm. Although I don't have, I'm not terribly old. No. But you got to work twice as hard to sustain the business and then you have health issues. And the thing that bothered me the most, even during the pandemic, there was a lot of money that was available. We applied for probably at least 48 to 50 grants, PPE money, this, that, all sorts of things were going on. And my daughter and I thought, well, let's apply for this and let's apply for that. We received two. I got one from Wayne State through Tech Town for $1,500. Ridiculous. I'm not done. I'm not done. I got one from DEGC, Detroit Economic Growth Corp, for $5,000. Now, I know people that have gotten $40,000, $250,000. Right. We applied for 50 of them. Do you know TCF Bank? They're not even my bank. A bank with Comerica. They walked in here one day, uh, probably six weeks ago, and gave me a check for $25,000. I didn't have to apply for anything. It was no strings attached. It was no lottery. They just saw a business that could really use the help. And then just to show you, I'm thinking I applied for 50 grants and and government loans and this and that. It's super time consuming. If y'all out there don't know, applying for grants, that's a full-time job, y'all. And my daughter helped me with a lot of it. I mean, she's real tech-savvy, you know? Yeah. So like, Please apply for this one. Oh, apply for that one. I've given up applying. I'm done. I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just, again, when people say, what's the magic bullet, you know, to being successful? Save your money. Yeah. There's, there's no short answer other than save your money. Mm. Yeah, so as, as uh, the disparities between minority-owned businesses and other businesses, the loans, I went to Comerica and asked for a loan, and they told me, no, I only asked for $30,000. Well, and they said, no, I'm thinking, I've banked with you for 34 years. And $30,000 is nothing. Right. Yeah, it just goes to show you, I think as a female Black-owned business in... The current environment, you've got to save your money. Well, I tell you what, Tina, um, unless I am wrong, and I don't think I am, my research, because again, the majority of businesses I work with are just like you. Not as successful as you, though, uh, <laughs> but female Black-owned uh, and Detroiters and uh, local, but most Detroiters. Uh, and I'll tell you, um, nationally speaking, um, our female Black-owned businesses are growing 60% faster than their white male counterparts. I just heard that at CNN. So um, businesses, um, funders uh, uh, will be learning this too if they don't already, and it will change. So uh, for our younger people out there, it will change. For, for your daughter, is your other child a boy or girl? Boy. Okay, so I mean, it's going to change, and uh, and it will change. And I don't know what it's like for our young um, black males, but I do for our young black females. I know it's going to change. So Maya, listen up, <laughs> and uh, and for everyone else out there, it is going to be much more hopeful. And 
but we still have to roll up our sleeves and do the hard work. And, um, and that's the purpose of building better brands, this podcast, trying to get the word out about our great, awesome small businesses like the garden bug. So, um, so tell us really quick before we wrap this up, what are your plans for the future? Do you have anything up your sleeve? Oh, do I <laughs> What I have up my sleeve? Um, I wanted to open a second location. Um, there's been a lot of activity in the North End. The North End would be like Holbrook, Kniff, Davison, um, Boston, Edison, that whole North End. I would like to open a second location there. Okay. So I did it on another location um, through Land Bank. Love so it. Right now, I got the location. The problem is, it's zoned for residential and not commercial. So the city of Detroit has me waiting about six months to see if they'll rezone it. Okay. And then I can build a second location. It would be probably the same size as this one. I think it's smaller. My kids think it's the same size. Um, but definitely, there's a lot of people coming to visit me and shop with me from the North End. So coming soon would be hopefully a garden bug on the North End of Detroit. Love it. Well, I oh, can't I'm wait excited. to see, see you growing. And uh, this has been just a real treat to see you on a Saturday morning, hear about your successes. And um, I hope that your your business business success um, spills over into your personal life and improves your health. Um, and sometimes the two go in tandem and it improves our whole well-being. And uh, so I pray for that for you. And uh, and as we're coming out of this pandemic, y'all, we, uh, you know, we still lack sometimes, uh, I mean, Dana's telling us we're not sure if we are returning to our pre-COVID behavior. So we're still spending on our homes. Yeah. So all of us should go, all y'all out there should go to the garden bug and get your garden necessities. I am going to go, I'm going to try to get out there, Tina, I'm looking at the clock. I don't know if I'll get there today. Uh, my husband just went to Lansing to move my daughter out. So I'm single parenting today with my 13 year old. So I don't know if I'll be able to drag her with me. She's a middle schooler. She, it's hard to take her anywhere with me today, these days. Uh, but this, if not this weekend, next weekend, because I've got a lot of work to do. So uh, I think we all should be uh, trying to support this small business, the garden bag. And thank you so much, Tina, for being with me this morning. Um, wish you all the best, you and thank your family. You. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Building Better Brands with Amy Angel. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye.